Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I want to preach this morning on something the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, faith is generational. Faith is generational. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I like scriptures. That's a pretty good slide, isn't it? It's all right. Faith is generational. You know, I'm, I don't know about you, but I like scriptures that say we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Because God's not a God who's stagnant. He's not bored. He's not limited. He's not uh, run out of tricks. Somebody say amen. He's still got a bag full of goodies. Hallelujah, that he's bringing to the table. He's unlimited. And the very things that he spoke in the beginning, he said, let there be light. And light's been moving and working ever since. Glory to God. And the universe has been expanding and expanding and expanding. And he's the same God. The same God that he was then. He's the same God now. Hallelujah. And he's still got that same kind of power. That same kind of glory. That same kind of victory. That same kind of creative power. That same kind of goodness. Glory to God is still working this morning. Aren't you thankful? So I want to talk about faith is generational. Um, you know, we've had a season change around here. Anybody recognize that? Two years ago, I was, I was praying for, for um, the church and just praying for the season that we were in as a, as a church. And, and the Lord showed me a picture of, of, of me with a jacket, putting it on and taking it off, putting it on and taking it off. And he said, he said the seasons are beginning to shift So be prepared. And like it is in Florida, come on somebody, when the seasons begin to shift, you may wake up one morning and it's 39 degrees outside, but by the time you get to lunch, it's 80 degrees outside and there's been a, there's been a a shift that's happened and you got to be prepared to move and go with, with what, what's happening. Well, now we're over in a different season. That season began to shift a couple years ago, but, but how many of you know the season has shifted? And so it's, things are different. Thanks, brother Mike. Appreciate you. The, the things are different than they were six months ago. The season has shifted. Well, we got to be uh, aware of the season. Come on, the Bible talks about the sons of Ishakar over in First Chronicles. You don't have to turn there. But over in First Chronicles, it says uh, the sons of Ishakar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And thank God that we can have understanding of the time and the season that we're in. And be appropriate for the season and move appropriately in the season and be so-called dressed appropriately for the season so that we know not just that the season has changed, but what we ought to do in that season. It's all right to know, oh, the season's changed, but if you're not prepared and know what to do in that season, then how many of you know you're not going to function at the full level that you would if you understood not just that the season has changed, but what to do 
in that season. The sons of Ishakar had understanding of the times. That was great and good, but it doesn't end and stop there. They had an understanding of the times, but they also knew what they ought to do in that time and in that season. Woo. And I don't just want to know, hey, the seasons change. Cool. Neat. Because how many of you know when the season fully changes, if you don't have your jacket with you, you're going to be cold outside. If you if the season changes the summer and you still got your jacket on, you're going to be sweaty and hot. When that humidity starts to kick in, you know, I said this the last time I preached, I said that things that were right in one season can become idols and bondage in the next season Ooh, I wish I had some help in the house today. I said things that were appropriate and right and a blessing in one season can become bondage and, and, and idols in the next season if they're not appropriate for the season that you're in. You know, the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they, they had, uh, came out, the Bible says, with gold. They had, they had rings and, and jewelry somehow. Glory to God. The, the, the Pharaoh said, you know what? All right, I'm going to let you go, but we're not just going to let you go. we're going to we're going to load you up with blessing. Come on, somebody. I wish I had some people who would, would wanted to be loaded up with blessing in the house that that they would be loaded up with blessing. And they came out with gold and silver. They went from being slaves to being high on the hog. Hallelujah. And, and so they came out and they had the gold and and, and the ble- and the silver and the blessing. But how many of you know, whenever Moses went up to the mountain and they got a little nervous, they didn't realize the season had changed. They begin to take the gold and fashion it into an idol. And they said, this is our God. Well, we don't want to be, we don't want to be attached to the things of a wrong season and bring them into this season. Come on. We need to know what we ought to do in this season, in this hour, in this day. Come on. Cause things have changed. The season has changed. Well, what, 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 what should we do? Brother Steve. Now you're making me nervous. No, we've got the the same spirit that the sons of Ishkar had. Glory to God. We've got that same Holy Spirit, but he's dwelling on the inside of us today. And we don't have to wonder what to do. We don't have to be uh, confused about what to do. No, the Bible says we know what to do because we have the spirit of truth living on the inside of us. And he lets us know all truth. He even said he'll let us know the things that are to come if we need to. Hallelujah. So we've got an advantage. We've got the helper on the inside. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. So if the Lord's saying, take off the jacket, take off the jacket. If the Lord's saying, put on the jacket, put on the jacket, whatever, whatever you need to be appropriate for the season you're in, do it. Glory be to God. Somebody say, do it. Say, do it, Lord. Um, praise God. You know, a lack of ability, um, to be aware of what the season is has killed movements. They tried to hold on to, to what God was doing in a moment or in a season, and they tried to build a, a camp around that. And then it, call, it caused the fire that once was there to die out. Because they weren't willing to say, what is God doing today? What is he speaking today? How does he want me to, to move today? How does he want me to respond today? We don't want to, to camp out and, and just say, well, I'm just not going to move. No, we want to be flexible. We want to move. You know, the children of Israel uh, were, had, had a pillar, a fire, and they had a cloud, glory to God, that they followed. And they weren't supposed to stay in one spot. They were moving forward. And I believe that God is calling us to move forward in this day and move forward 
in this hour. And that faith, amen, doesn't go from faith to doubt. It goes from faith to faith to faith. Can y'all turn to a scripture this morning? Over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy was, was uh, uh, up against some things. And Paul said, when I call to remembrance, verse 5, the genuine faith. When I call to remembrance, the genuine faith. Come on, somebody say, I have genuine faith. That is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, that didn't just start and originate with you. It actually was in your grandmammy, come on, and your mama, and your uncle, and your sister too. Glory to God. It was in, it was in your lineage that that they, the faith was passed down what your grandma started come on glory to god was was genuine faith and she operated in genuine faith and she carried genuine faith and she passed it to her daughter eunice and eunice walked in and carried genuine faith so much so that the apostle paul recognized it and and called it out and said this faith wasn't just some some uh, base level faith or, or or just elementary faith this was faith that was genuine that caused the gen- generations to follow after it. And I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to just have faith that starts and stops with me. I want faith that is passed down and increases. Glory to God. I want faith that's like a snowball at the top of a hill that when you begin to roll it down, it begins to pick up pace and the snowball gets bigger and the snowball gets larger and the snowball gets bigger still. And all of a sudden, glory to God, the snowball is picking up trees and picking up uh, debris and picking up things with it. by the time it stops at the end of the hill, oh, it's a different snowball. Glory to God. I want the kind of faith that my kids rise up. Glory to God and call me blessed. I want the kind of faith that my kids rise up and walk closer with God than I ever thought was possible. I want the kind of faith that causes my children's children, glory to God, to see things that the Lord never could tell me. I'm not looking for faith that trickles, that comes to a stream that then then dies down to to a a puddle and then all of a sudden dissipates. I'm looking for faith, glory to God, that starts at the top of the mountain, that flows from the kingdom of God, that starts as a stream, glory to God, but all of a sudden goes from left to right, that gets ankle deep, then gets knee deep, then gets waist deep, and then all of a sudden is taking us over, glory to God. That's the kind of faith I'm looking for. That's the kind of faith this church is called to operate in. You know, Sister Cindy Duvall was here with Shekinah Glory. And I believe Sister Cindy is a prophetess. Pastor Greg mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. And she kept saying this phrase. She said, transition is advancement. Transition equals advancement. Come on, we see that in Scripture. That's not just, well, that's a good word, Sister Cindy. No, when somebody speaks something about the season you're in, it would behoove us to write it down, to, to, to keep it in front of us. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says don't despise prophecy. I remember one, one night at Monday night prayer, I was kneeling, and I, and I was praying, and the Lord said, why, are you conti- why do you continue to despise prophecy? And I said, Lord, I'm not despising prophecy. You know, your voice always gets higher. 
when you get called out. And when the Lord, I'm not, I, don't, I don't hate prophecy. I'm not hating prophecy, God. And he said, look up what despise means. And despise in, in that scripture doesn't mean like Ugh, prophecy. That's the way we look at it. But it is neglect. It's neglecting. And, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm neglecting some of the things you've said about our church. I'm neglecting some of the things. What, how am I neglecting it? Because I'm not keeping it in front of me. I'm not, I'm not speaking that thing and lining up my faith with what the Lord said about the situation or the Lord said about the season. And so when the Lord releases something through, through, through anyone, glory to God, whether they be in the full-time ministry or someone who, who gets up and, and delivers something that the Lord is saying, if it is, is true about the season and it bears witness, then Take that thing, write it down, glory to God, so that I've heard some good messages on vision lately. Hallelujah. There's something about writing it down, making it plain for you to see that causes you not to just look at it. But when you look at it, you begin to, what does the Bible say? Run with it. Glory to God. There's something about keeping what God has said about you, what God has said about the situation, what God has said about the season, what God has said about your church, what God has said about your family. There's something about reading it, writing it down and making it plain that causes you not to just be glad right in your happy seat, but it causes you to look at it and begin to take it and run with it. Glory to God. There's something about that. I don't know what it is, but the word says it. So I believe it. And I've seen it and born it out in my own life. It's true. So when, the, when the Lord said through uh, sister Cindy, that that transition is advancement. Come on. That stirred me. That caused me to look at something different. That caused me to say, okay, then God, what kind of advancement are we looking for? What kind of advancement are we looking for? Because, you know, what, what I could, I could come up with my own ideas what advancement looks like. You could come up with your ideas. But there's a scripture that says there's a way that seems right to man, but leads to destruction. So I've learned over time that sometimes my ideas seem really good and maybe even sound like they would accomplish what the Lord wants to do. But if I don't get his idea, what he's thinking about it, because he's the one that's saying it. Maybe we ought to go to the source to see what he means. Instead of he said, she said. Mm, I won't go there. So I went to the Lord to figure out what, what is he talking about? Because I want his idea of advancement. But let's, let's look and just see, you know, over in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Give you a second to get there on your device or Bible of papel, Spanish for paper, I believe. Second Kings chapter two, verse nine, it said, and so it was. Now, this is talking about when Elijah was being taken up. His, the time had come for his ministry to end. And it was time for Elisha to pick up the mantle and to run with it. And it says, uh, and so it was that when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, come on, there's something about staying faithful to the plan and the purpose of God, that when it's time for transition, there's an opportunity for increase where the Lord says, you've been faithful to do what I asked you to do. 
You stayed put. You didn't lose heart. You didn't let go of the vision. You didn't let go of the plan. Come on, there was, there was many opportunities for Elisha to turn back. And, and, and even the other prophets said, hey, don't you know that your master's going to be taken away from you? And they, they were trying to speak into the season. He said, hush, 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 hush. You don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in this season. I don't care what it looks like. I'm staying with him. And even Elijah said, hey, you can turn around if you want to. You know, God will give you opportunities to turn around if you want to. Because he loves us. And he'll give us free, free choice to do that if we, if we want to. But Elisha didn't take those opportunities and said, no, I'm going to be there when my master is taken up. And, and so Elijah, uh, he said, ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please let a double, somebody say double, portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away, it shall be so for you. But if it not, it shall not be so. He said, he said, what may I do for you? And Elisha said, give me double. You know, when you're at the Bev's window and you pull up to the sign, hey, they have a option for a single. Or they have an option for a double. There's an option. You get to choose. Do you want the kind of faith that doubles? Do you want the kind of blessing that doubles? Do you want the kind of influence that doubles? Do you want the kind of joy that doubles? Come on. When I pull up to the Bev's window and the, and the lady asks, what do you want to? I'll say, I say, I'll take a double, double with everything on it. What's that mean? It means it's a double burger and it's a double cheese and it's got lettuce and tomato and onion on it. And it's and it's good because it's big and it's filling and it causes me to be blessed. I could order a single if I wanted to. And I tried that. And it just didn't satisfy Come on, it just didn't do what I wanted it to do. I've tried less than and I've tried more than. Glory to God. And living in the more than is better. Hallelujah. I tried less than and I've tried more than. And more than fills me up a little bit more. Glory to God. Come on, don't look look so holy there with your waistline like it is. Hey. I know y'all like to eat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Double, double with everything on it. And that's just the kind of guy. See, I'll, I'll, I'll skip eating burgers for a couple of weeks so that when I do eat one, I don't have to feel guilty about having the double, double. But the great thing about the things of God is there's no guilt with asking more. You notice that Elijah didn't say, well, how dare you ask for double of the blessing that I walked in? dare you ask that you would have double portion of the anointing that I, your leader and your master walked in. Elijah wasn't offended. He wasn't put off that Elisha wanted double. He said, Ooh, you asking something hard, but if you see me when I take off, it'll be yours. What was he saying? He's saying, I, I see the size of your asking faith. I see the size of your asking faith. And he said, but if you'll do what you're supposed to do, boom, it'll be yours. And so he wasn't offended. You know, sometimes we have like this false honor. That's like, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get too bold 
and ask for more than, than, than those that have gone before us have walked in. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to have too much increase. We don't want to have too much, but we don't want to have too much influence. We don't want to have too much. Why? Because we, we think it's, it's false honor. It's like, well, I don't want to do more than what my, you know, how many fathers want to see their sons do less than them or have less than them. No, that's not the way it works. Fathers, both in the natural and in the faith, they want to see glory to God. The things that they put in their, in their spiritual children or in their natural children, they want to see those things come to fruition and get larger and get greater glory to God. And, and what started with, 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 uh, um, uh, who was it? Eunice and, um, and, uh, what started with, uh, what's her name? Lois and them. Lois and them and Eunice and them. What started with Lois and increased with Eunice, glory to God, got even bigger with Timothy. That's the way it's supposed to work in the kingdom of God. It's supposed to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God's a God that's more than enough. Don't give in to false honor or, or, or uh, uh, a false humility that says, well, I could never do what, what this minister did. Or I could never walk in everything that they walked in. No, that's a lie from the enemy to try to shrink the move in the kingdom of God instead of expand it. I remember when I was in uh, class at, at, out at Bible college, um, you know, uh, Kenneth Hagin, that a lot of people respect and honor, you know, he was, he was teaching our class. And he said this. He said, it took me 60 years to walk in what I'm walking in. And then he looked at us, the students, and said, it would be a travesty if you didn't pick up where I am and go forward. I plowed all this ground. I began to walk in all this and learned it. Come on, the hard knocks way. And he said, I want you to take what I know and what I'm teaching you. You don't have to replow that ground. You don't have to relearn it. Just take it, learn it from me, and then you begin to walk where I'm leaving off. Well, oh, I don't know about that. You know, he was a mighty man of God. Well, guess what? Mighty men of God are raised up, not so that they can walk alone, but so that they can lead others into the plan and the purpose of God for that season. Hallelujah. So don't fall into false humility and say, well, I could never, I could never. Look at Joshua chapter one and verse one. When you're there, say hallelujah. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant saying, or Moses's servant, uh, and said, say, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, throw a pity party. Camp out around all the great things he did. And don't dare go further out of dishonor for Moses. Oh, that's not what that says. It says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go. Say, arise and go. Over this Jordan, that river that was keeping Moses from crossing over into the promised land was the very river that was an invitation to the next generation. I said the river that was a barrier to the, to the previous generation became, a, became the invitation to the next generation. So what I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying stir yourself up. Glory to God. It says, uh, uh, he said, um, 
Now, therefore, arise and go go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Come on. It was the same. It's the same promise that carries from one generation to the next. It's the same promise, but the faith increases. It's the same promise. We're not, we're not going on a different vision. We're not going on a different journey where it's the same journey. It's the same faith. It's the same promise, but the faith increases and the land increases. The territory increases. The authority increases. The influence increases. The blessing increases, not decreases, but increases. And it says from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. It's the same God. It's the same God that walks with us. Hallelujah. Out of one season into the next season. It's the same God that melted the mountain like wax. It's the same God, glory to God, that spoke with thunderings and lightnings. It was the same God that manifested the fire and the cloud. It's the same God, the same glory, the same power. We're not looking at something that's going to be less than. We're increasing in this generation. Over in... uh, David to, to uh, uh, Solomon, you know, David was a mighty man. He was a man of war. He was a man of, of victory, many victories. He was a giant killer. But the, but the transition to Solomon didn't decrease, it increased. I'm just giving us some biblical context to believe for increase. Over in 2 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 14 It says, and Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. You know, he wasn't a man of war, but he still came packing. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. Also the king, now listen to this, made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. Come on, David brought an offering. He brought a sacrificial offering to build the temple. And David didn't even get to live out fully the return on that gift, but it affected his next generation. There's some offerings and some sacrifices that you'll make in this season that you may not even see the fruit of fully in your lifetime, but it will cause a propelling of the next generation to go into a place that we never thought was possible. Solomon made gold and silver like stones. You know, I've got white stone that I made a parking pad at the house with. And I drive up on it and I back out on it and I drive up on it and it keeps the rain and the mud off my feet. But how many you know it's not made of gold? If it was, whoo, if I walked out one day and all those white stones were gold stones, come on somebody. It's, it's, it's stones. Stones are meaningless to us. 
I mean, we use them in a utility purpose. Come on, there's a lesson there. What if we began to see, see uh, money just as a utility purpose that we move and shift and put where God says to, ooh, instead of honoring it as something. Okay, okay, I'll preach on something different. Come on. But what my point is, is that Solomon began to, it says, uh, and he made the cedars as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowland. Come on, God increased through him. You know, many, the, in the world we see this, many, many moguls back in, in the, especially in the early uh, uh, times of the U.S., they began to build and, and amass empires so that their, their generation after them never had to worry about being poor again. Never had to worry about being poor again. That it affected generation after generation after generation. And it, what, we, what do we call that? Generational wealth. And I wonder if the people of God got as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves and understood that we could build a generational wealth, a generational faith that causes our generations after us, glory to God, to never doubt again. To never have to worry if God was going to be God. To never have to worry if they stepped out on the water that they were going to sink. What if we build a generational faith, glory to God, that not just shifted the generation after us, but generation after generation after generation. And they don't even have to fight the same battles that we fought. Come on. Your children shouldn't have to refight the same battles you fought. You ought to stand in the victory and the thing. Come on. We're not perfect. I'm not walking in everything that God wants me to walk in. You're not walking in everything that God wants you to walk in but the battles that we win we ought to we ought to declare them boldly and live them freely in front of the generations after us come on even if your kids are grown there's generations in this room today hallelujah there's generations in this body today that that are looking to you and the victories and the battles that you come and march your way through glory to god that inspires faith for them to begin to walk in a higher place and they don't have to refight those battles they don't have to refight the those those wars they can look at you and see that the victory is easy the victory is plain and glory to god what was a battle for you becomes ease and normal way of living for them faith to faith glory to glory praise god what time is it oh i'm doing good someone say you're doing good brother steve hallelujah So what is our season? If we're wanting to recognize these things, what is our season? And I may not finish this this morning, but I'll probably finish it tonight if I don't. So if you like it, come on back. If you don't, come back next week. Come for the worship tonight and then slip out right before the message. You know, as I was just praying over this, you know, Lord, what... What does the season look like? If if we're supposed to be sons of Ishakar, we're supposed to know not just the season we're in. I mean, it's by now it's obvious the seasons change. You don't have to be spiritually perceptive. You don't have to be really aware. Things have shifted. It's all out in the open now, right? And you don't have to be like, "Oh Lord, show me what has shifted." No, it's there. It's plain. You know, we're in a new season. And, but it's not just knowing that we're in a new season. That's not, that's not it. It's what? Knowing what to do in this season. But let's recognize the se- season. You know, Pastor Greg said something, I think, last week. He said, we're not here on vacation. We're here on assignment. Woo, glory to God. That, that was like, 
An arrow went straight to me. I was just like, ooh, that's so good. We're not here on vacation because, you know, as Americans, we like to relax a little bit. Somebody say relax. Look at somebody say, you need to relax. No, we like, we like our vacations. We like to relax. We like to build comfortable lifestyles. Amen. And that's all well and good. I'm not, I'm not banging on that. But what I'm saying is if we can sometimes let our American uh, ideas and ideals slip into our kingdom ideas and ideals, and then all of a sudden we get it twisted. And all of a sudden we think we're here to be, kind of make a cushion, comfortable life for us to, to enjoy and, and forget that we're not here on vacation. We're here on assignment from God. The Bible says that, that that we're only here for a temporary it says t- t- Peter said, look at this uh, life as a pilgrim or a sojourner like you're just passing through. Come on, Abraham. What was so cool about Abraham? Why did God honor his faith? He said, because he wasn't living here like this was his homeland. He was looking for a promise. He was looking for a land. He was marching through this land. He was doing the assignment that he was on, but he didn't come here to camp out. Glory to God. And and uh, uh, Paul said that that treat it like like you're in the military. Anyone who's in the military, they don't get caught up, say caught up in the things of this life. They're there to do the assignment that they're on. And so we have to, we have to recognize that this is not a vacation season. This is an assignment season. And when there's an assignment, come on, the assignment needs to be accomplished. God doesn't dole out assignments just so that, so that we can say, well, praise God, we got an assignment. Isn't that great? Put it up on the billboard. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's, let's smile about it. Let's even shout about it. No, he gives us an assignment. He wants us to think about it. He wants us to talk about it. He wants us to shout about it. Come on. But he wants us to accomplish it. And so we're here not on vacation, but, but on assignment. Glory to God. And as I was praying, the Lord said to go over to Nehemiah. And I'll try to get this lifted off here. Had to build it up. Go over to Nehemiah chapter 1, if you would. And so I went to the first verse. And it starts off pretty simply. It just says, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Yes, I looked up how to say that one. I was this morning, had my earbud in. Hakaliah, Hakaliah. Thank God for the internet. It makes you sound smart. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And, and the Lord said, stop right there. And I was like, okay. You know, anyone love the parts of the Bible that are like, and Jemeth beget Simeth, and Simeth beget. But you know, you can even get something. So the Lord says, stop right there. He said, look up what these names mean. And so I began, I looked up Nehemiah. And Nehemiah means Jehovah comforts. And I was like, ooh, praise God. I like comfort. And some of y'all are going to be saying, but you just said we wasn't on vacation, Brother Steve. Hold on, we're getting there. And then he said, look up Hakaliah. Actually, he said, look up his father. He didn't pronounce it. Otherwise, I would have known how to pronounce it without Google. So I looked up Hakaliah. And it means Jehovah enlightens. And he said, y'all are moving from a season where your leader is enlightening 
to a season where your leader is comforting. Moving from a teaching gift to a pastoral gift. I know this is deep, y'all. But this is good instruction because this helps us to know how to navigate the season. And so revelation, how many know Pastor Anderson flows in great revelation? And not belittling anybody else's revelation. But he's a, he's a gifted teacher. And even Pastor Greg has said, I'm not like my dad. I'm not going to teach like my dad. Well, guess what? He's not supposed to teach like his dad. Because he's called to a different season. And so what passed from Hakaliah to Nehemiah? There was, there was a shift. There was a change. And guess what? Nehemiah had a call to build. Ooh, I wish, I wish I had three revelators in the house this morning that understood what I'm laying down right here. Jehovah comforts, but he comforts by getting you to build. Ooh, hallelujah. How many of you know it's comfortable when you're inside the wall instead of outside the wall? Hey, so Nehemiah, let me give you a little backstory in about six minutes. Nehemiah was the cupbearer for Xerxes, and he was, he, was, he was in the comfort zone, come on, uh, of living in the palace. He had a cushy job. He, all he had to do was taste test. Now, it was risky at times because when you're taste testing for the king, sometimes somebody tried to sneak something in there because they're not liking the king. And, but that was his job, to be the cupbearer. He came, and he brought the cup, and he tasted what the king uh, was about to eat and made sure it was good. But how many you know if you're at the king's table eating what the king eats, hey, man, hanging out with where the king hangs out, you're in a comfort zone that a lot of other people ain't in. But he began to survey what was going on over in his home territory. And he was not comfortable living in comfort when there was not, there were things that needed to be built over where he belonged. I said he wasn't comfort to bull living in comfort when he could look over and see that there were some things that needed to be built. Come on, don't fall asleep in the comfort zone Because you begin to live good and live blessed. Come on, we've learned some things. We've grown in some things in the season of enlightenment, in the season of revelation. We've learned some things. We began to walk in some things. But don't grow comfortable over in the comfort zone, hanging out in the king's palace when you're here on assignment to build a wall. The seasons have changed. It's not the same old day. It's not the same old plan. It's not the same old anointing. Things are shifting and moving in a new direction, and it's time we recognize. Y'all about to make me throw a shoe in the house. Hallelujah. And Nehemiah could have stayed right where he was, but he began to get grieved with seeing it stay the same. And he began to, to have, a, have a long face. And the king was like, bro, you're never, you're never sad. What's up with you? This is the Steve translation. Paraphrase. Come on, Pastor Anderson taught us better than that. It's not a translation. It's a paraphrase. And, and he was like, what's up with you, man? You're, you're never sad like this. And he said, man, I'm just ate up because my, my, my home area is all torn down. And so... The king did something crazy. He gave him permission to go out and build. And, and, and so uh, Nehemiah, you know, as we're moving into, uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Pastor Greg has been hammering this one home the last several weeks. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to put it up, Joel, as soon as you get it. 
And it says, for we are his workmanship, created in, good, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that, she, that, he, that we should walk in them. And so what was happening, there was a good work that was prepared beforehand for Nehemiah. And he was beginning to get unsatisfied with, with looking at things the way they are. It was fine for a season. Come on, it was fine for a season, but God was working and preparing and getting him ready. Glory to God, because there was about to be an assignment, a part of the job of his life, of his destiny, of his purpose that he was about to walk in. And it wasn't just him. Um, Nehemiah chapter two and verse 17 and 18. You can put that one up, Brother Joel, if you don't mind. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. It says, Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in weights and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Verse 18. And it says, And I told them of, uh, of the hand of my God, which has been uh, good upon me, and also the king's word that he has spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise, and build, rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this Oh, let's read that again. Then they set their hands to this, this good work. Come on, God has set a season in place. This season shift wasn't, didn't take God by surprise. It was his idea. It was his plan. It was his purpose. And he has good works prepared beforehand that we, that me, Look at somebody say me. Look at somebody else say we should walk in them. You know, Nehemiah went to the folks and he said, he said, hey, this is what's going on. This is the plan. This is what's a, this is the anointing that's on me. So let's we. And they said, well, brother, get to it. We'll watch it. We'll 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 clap and we'll give offering even. We'll say bless you as you as you build. No, they said, let us. Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. And I'll stop there for the sake of time, but I've got some more good stuff to tell you about what builders do. But I'm telling you, it's time to build. The season has shifted. The season has changed. We are in a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day, a fresh anointing is flowing my way. It's a season of power and authority. It's a new season coming to me. Sing that with me. It's a new season, yeah. It's a new day, a fresh anointing is flowing my way. Oh, it's a season of power and authority. Oh, it's a new season. Coming to me one more time. 
Yes, it's a new season, yeah. It's a new day, we recognize it, Lord. A fresh anointing is flowing my way. It's a season of power and prosperity. Prosperity, yeah, yeah. It's a new season coming to me. Father, we thank you that we recognize that it's a new season, it's a new day, it's a new hour. And there's a job and an assignment to do. There's things to build in this hour. There's new phases, new places, new graces to take hold of. And so, Father, we thank you that you're enlightening us on this. You're showing us the visions being laid out and made plain before us. But Lord, we're not in a season where it's just enlightenment to receive and to change personally. Father, there there is a new season where we're receiving revelation to step out and to build. And Father, as we get more into it tonight, I just thank you that your grace will unfold everything that we need to see so that we're empowered when our pastors get back, glory to God, and continue on the vision and continue making things plain, Lord, that we're, we're equipped to run with it in a fresh way. And so, Father, we just ask for impartations tonight. Some impartations have already been deposited today, but, Lord, I believe there's impartations hap- going to happen tonight. And so, Father, we just ask for that. Lord, any area we need equipping in, to be the best builders, the best faith increasers that we need to be. Lord, we ask for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.